Are you a Matterport service provider that owns or is considering buying a Matterport Pro 3 camera? Are you struggling to understand in non-geek speak things like what is the level of accuracy, LOA, of a Matterport Pro 3 camera? What are the benefits and limitations of a Matterport Pro 3 camera in the AEC space? Stay tuned. Hi, all. I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023, and you're watching WGAN-TV live at 5. We have an awesome show for you today. Matterport Pro 3 camera for architects, engineers, and construction professionals, AEC expert insights on level of accuracy, benefits, and limitations of the Matterport Pro 3 camera. Our subject matter experts today are North Vancouver, Canada-based 3DLS.XYZ managing partner, Richard R.J. Johnson. Hey, R.J., good to see you. Good afternoon. Yes. We have Tustin, California-based architectural resource consultants, president and CEO, who is also U.S. Institute of Building Documentation founder and president, John Russo. Hey, John. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. You bet. And Atlanta-based RC Monkeys director, Silvio Stoian. Hey, Silvio. Hey, Dan. Thank you for the introduction. You bet. Uh, before we jump into the topic, uh, tell us about your company, RJ. Um, so we are what we call ourselves reality capture company. We only deliver the data to companies like Silvio, John, um, other people. So we capture point clouds, photogrammetry, drone imagery, thermal data, and deliver it to the users for modeling and drafting. And our company name is actually the acronym for uh, LIDAR scanning, 3D LIDAR scanning, hence 3DLS. 3DLS.XYZ. John, yeah. you actually have two organizations. Can you tell us about uh, ARC as well as the U.S. Institute of Building Documentation? Yeah, of course. Thanks. Um, so ARC is uh, my service provider company. I'm a licensed architect that specializes in building documentation. Been doing it. Uh, ARC has been around for 26 years. So um, U.S. Institute of Building Documentation, USIBD, is a nonprofit uh, membership organization uh, dedicated to supporting all stakeholders uh, with an interest in building documentation. So uh, a lot of different uh, types of people join that organization, architects, engineers, surveyors, service providers, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of people. So Awesome. And uh, Silvio, RC Monkeys? Yeah. So um, we are a reality capture company. RC actually comes from reality capture. Um, and what we do, we provide turnkey building documentation um, deliverables with a focus on uh, historic buildings. So, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to provide a complete uh, view of what's there in the field and try to deliver it in a manner that's easy to understand by architects, engineers, and uh, owners. Uh, awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, 
let's assume that the WGAN TV audience members are Matterport service providers that are not technical MSPs that may be talking with architects, engineers, and construction professionals. And that this topic may sound a little bit like a foreign language that needs translation into super simple English. So, uh, RJ, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Can the Matterport Pro 3 camera be used for as-builds? There, well, not simple question. <laughs> there are simple question to ask. <laughs> there are applications where it can fill a need. Um, Matterport service providers traditionally captured from uh, showcase photogrammetry real perspective and fully aware that Matterport providers are entering the industry. The one big caveat I will say is when you're capturing for geometry, your principles of how you're capturing a space are completely different than capturing for a nice visual tour. Um, the requirements are very different. Matterport, as one instance, and then I'll pass it off, says to scan each side of a doorway and never scan in the center of a doorway. When you need geometry in your data, you absolutely need the center of every threshold. And you need more stations, not from a visual perspective, but from a geometry perspective. So there's a big caveat on how they use their camera. Well, first, why don't you talk to us about what as built means to you. And then I and again I want to then re-ask that question. Can the Matterport Pro 3 camera be used for as built? As built can be a broad spectrum. Um, and this is where definition comes in hard because we can be as building a building. I'm doing one right now from commercial use going to residential. We need to be able to locate every pipe in that building to within 10 millimeters. A Matterport will never achieve that. Now, if I'm looking for floorboard and wallboard estimates, yes, it, it fulfills that need. So the level of accuracy is going to really dictate how far you can go. John? Yeah, I mean, the, the Matterport is, uh, is a tool in our toolbox. So um, each tool has a purpose. Um, some tools are really good at one thing and, and not so at another. You know, I think uh, we're all aware, you know, how uh, amazing the Matterport imagery is. Um, the, uh, you know, say the point cloud data that you can get out of it isn't as good. Um, that's why, you know, when we're doing measurements, we typically prefer to use a, a traditional, you know, uh, laser scanner, like a, a tripod-based scanner. Um, and, uh, but, there's a lot of uses. And I always say intent defines process. So once you know the intent of what you're trying to do, then you can uh, come up with the process, select the right tools to achieve that. Um, what, what would be the, the intents, the intents that would enable a MSP to use a Pro 3? Um, for an as-built? Yes. For an as-built, uh, you know, I, I guess if uh, it's kind of like what Richard was saying, you know, if you're if you're going to go in and and you want to get uh, pipes and things that have maybe a tighter tolerance, it's probably not the best tool. Uh, if you're going in to do something maybe more for, uh, you know, preliminary design, 
something where uh, the tolerances aren't as critical, uh, then it might be a, a, a reasonable tool to use. Um, you can also use it in conjunction with uh, a laser scanner. And uh, for example, we like to use it that way where uh, we get good high quality measurements from the laser scanner, but uh, we use the high quality imagery from the Matterport uh, so that we can be watching that as we're modeling things from the point cloud data. So it's, it's still a very useful tool for us, but we're leveraging what it's really good at versus, uh, versus uh, maybe what it's not as good at. Is there I'll a jump in there, John, sorry. Um John's comment about using them in conjunction, we do exactly that purpose. So we capture the Matterport for the imagery simultaneously while we're laser scanning. We'll have one operator at site with two to three devices uh, capturing both things simultaneously. And we'll deliver the imagery of Matterport for the photo record and for people that aren't technically apt at using the other programs. And then we deliver the point cloud for geometry and intensity only views. Silvio, so do you have initial thoughts on uh, Matterport Pro 3 camera for as-builds? Yes. So uh, when we when we talk about as-builds, I think, um, you know, John uh, said it right where uh, the intent defines the process. And uh, the way I would look at uh, as-builds, you know, they can, they can be... Uh, various things. Uh, we can look at 2D as built, right? They can be drawings, they can be uh, very accurate or schematic. What you get from, uh, for instance, from the Matterport platform, they say it's a schematic uh, floor plan. Uh, you can get uh, three-dimensional as built, right? Uh, getting a three-dimensional as built involves a completely different process that is a lot more complex where you need that higher degree of accuracy that certain instruments provide. So understanding what the end goal is will, will determine what you can use it for. And uh, surprisingly, um, Richard and I were talking about uh, some of the improvements that uh, have happened since I, per I purchased the Matterport 3 uh, probably just a few weeks after it was launched. And those first weeks, it was a disaster in terms of the data that was coming out of it, not the imagery, but the point cloud data. Now things have improved tr dramatically. I'm actually quite impressed uh, by what it, where it is today compared to six months ago. And um, the way we use it, for instance, we, we have a slightly different approach. We still use it as a supplementary uh, data set for our project, but we also use it as a repository where we store uh, additional close-up imagery for instance, we want to take a closer look at a windowsill or a, you know, a profile, something that is very hard to get with a 360 camera or with a scanner. And we're going to take a DSLR camera, take that close-up photo, and then we can add it as a tag within our tour, as well as voice notes um, and uh, written uh, field notes. So we like to have all of that in one place where both us the team that will develop as build documentation, as well as our clients will have access later. So, uh, you know, every, probably every user is going to use it differently. Um, but uh, it's definitely a tool for as builds because as build can be defined as different, different uh, types of deliverables. So 
so when we're talking about as built, uh, if you're talking about as built in terms of the photography, the Pro 3 checks the box. If oh, talking, definitely. It's one of the best. Uh, and uh, in terms of additional ways to annotate or document, but I, I think what I'm hearing is visual, 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 not the data, not the data. Visual, visual, visual. And, um, you know, Richard and I we were talking uh, yesterday about this. He's like, hey, I just overlaid the, we did a uh, 30,000 square foot uh, building, three levels, exterior, interior, with a, uh, a Leica scanner, an RTC 360, and then a Matterport 3 to supplement for imagery. But I was curious to see how how close the uh, the lidar data, the the point cloud data from the Matterport three was to the RTC data. Surprisingly, somebody can actually create a model, not to the level of detail that we created from a uh, from the RTC data, but somebody can do a much lower level of detail model. For instance, they would not be able to extract the profiles for a window or for the crown moldings. Uh, or any other facade details, but you know, just to get the uh, the general mass of a building within a, an inch, an inch and a half overall accuracy, yeah, that can be possible. The and downside, is a a higher level is is RTC a file format that's coming from a higher, more expensive, more accurate uh, lidar scanner. Yeah, the RTC three sixty. That is the the name of the scanner. It is a mid I would say a mid-tier uh, scanner or towards the you know, mid-tier to high-tier uh, scanner. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, you know, the, the file formats are, you know, is whatever you want to export, but uh, it is a E57 if you want to do a E57. Okay, we'll come back to E57 yeah. in the data files in a second. I, I want to go back to John for a moment because uh, uh, you, you mentioned intent and that seems like such a key word in our conversation and that you're also an architect. John, I, I could imagine that there are architects that, that say, uh, I just want to get the, the, the data so that I can import it into a CAD program to do the first phase of my project, which is reimagining an existing space. Mm -hmm. And the measurements, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't care that they're precise in any sense. I just need to be able to propose to my client what that space will look like. And that second is if the client approves the project, and, and maybe this is not a huge project on the scale and scope that you all work on, but for that second phase is I just need to be able to give a 3D model to vendors in order for them to quote whether it's paint or floor, uh, that they have enough surface. But when it comes time to actually do installations, that the vendors are going to do their own measurements and not rely on the data that we provide to them anyway. Can you comment on that, John, the intent and then the, that use case from an architect's perspective? Yeah, um, it's an excellent question, Dan. I think, um, first of all, yeah, of course, uh, you could use that data for uh, early design and planning. Um, I think it, a lot of architects probably don't care a whole lot about 
you know, tight accuracies at that stage of design. So um, it could be a, a great tool. In fact, a lot of times um, in early design, you know, you may be working on a project that never goes beyond that. So uh, you may not want to spend a lot of time and effort and money to get a high level of accuracy at that stage if it doesn't progress out of design. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, it, it being useful, yeah. Now, the one thing you got to be careful of is, you know, once, say, you create, you know, plans or a model out of that data, you know, it's it's probably going to look really good. You know, you get a, a really good sense of confidence when you see hard line work from, you know, a CAD file or from a, a, a Revit model. You know, there's a, a sense of confidence that people get just by looking at it. Um, however, if it's based on data that's not so accurate, you know, it's only as accurate as the data that it was built from. So it may suit the purpose and intent of early design, but as it progresses through to later stages of design and or into construction, if people don't realize what the intent of that model was, you know, it, it suited design perfectly, but later downstream, it, it may not be suitable anymore, and you may not know it if that's not conveyed to somebody. So, um, there is a little bit of a risk with that. Yeah, you can always say, you know, and the architects love to say, you know, uh, contractor to verify, right? Um, that's one of our favorite notes to put on a plan. But, um, you know, our, I guess my question back is, you know, is there, you know, how much risk do you carry, you know, uh, as the author of that, if other people get their hands on it? and they don't understand what its original intent was. Actually, John, I want to say something there. You touched on something very important. The hardline drawings look really good all the time in the 3D models. Yep. And whether a person creates the hardline drawings from the worst, most inaccurate point cloud in the world or the best submillimeter point cloud in the world, those 3D drawings are going to look more or less the same. But the accuracy of them could be completely out to lunch. So when people lo are looking at plans and drawings, they don't know the background information. Yeah. Uh, but I think what I'm hearing is that if the intent is early design and planning purposes, and if perhaps that might save, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, but that might save a lot of time and money perhaps, by being able to have a service provider use a Matterport Pro 3 and perhaps can do the job faster and for less money than a higher end scanner uh, that as long as all those disclosures are there, would you still be okay with that? I, let, let me add a caveat because I, yeah. I think what I've heard from all three of you, correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever you do scanning, you're already doing scanning twice. You're, you're using Matterport for the as-built photography and visual documentation, and you're using a much higher-end LiDAR scanner for the scan data. Is there a happy compromise here? Because you, all we're saying, perhaps, is there's a phase one, 
and that phase one may never get to phase two. All the client really wants to do is begin the early imagination of a renovation of an existing space. So from my end, as providing just raw data to architects and engineers, mechanical contractors, honestly, let's say we're talking about projects 20,000 square feet and smaller on average for 75% of our work. My time delivery is still going to be a 48-hour turnaround to give you both products. And the price difference on a small project like that is... Honestly, we're not even talking the cost of what they're going to use to cover the project in RAM board when they go to work. So the price difference is to alleviate the risk, the price difference on that initial capture on 20,000 square feet and less isn't even something on a project to talk about. So if it's 20,000 square feet or less and you have one person on site doing scanning, can they use two different devices uh, during that that one day of labor uh, and successfully complete both with two pieces of the technology? Is that the right way to ask it? I'm, I'm going to yep. assume that you have a day rate and you're not going to do anything less than a day and therefore you still have the time to use a second scanner. Is that and and, and, and and brutal honesty on those projects, interior projects, 20,000 square feet and smaller, I'm typically just giving them the Matterport and not even saying anything about it. I charge them for the 3D point cloud and give them the Matterport. And I actually just transfer them the Matterport to or I don't even charge to host. It's here's your point cloud and here's your Matterport and I've given you the correct data. It's up to you now. So I think what I'm hearing is that uh, if I go in, if I place an order uh, um, with 3dls.xyz, I'm buying the hamburger and the French fries are free. Yeah, the Matterport's free. On, on the smaller projects interior, yeah, we just give it away. So if you're a Matterport service provider and you may not have a like a BLK 360 first or second generation, you may not even have a higher end scanner than that, is there a niche that can be carved out for Matterport Pro 3 camera service providers to say we can do as-built provided that is for early design and planning and for the visual documentation, but to put some long sentence in there to qualify the accuracy of the data? The long sentence is important, and this is what people don't realize. An off-measurement on that preliminary data could be delayed occupancy permits of which when you go to arbitration, they're going to look at you as a service provider and say, was your data suit for purpose that you delivered it? And you can't stumble on that answer. And if you stumble on that answer in arbitration, your firm will be sued for all delayed occupancy, related redesign costs, related rental costs to other businesses that were waiting for occupancy, and possibly even lost revenue of those other businesses. So that's the big risk. We're talking about, let's say, a $5,000 job, and you're going to risk $10 million in arbitration. So for me personally, I just won't deliver it because the arbitration risk is far too great. John, so, uh, can I interject? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you said something, uh, Dan, you said, can a uh, service provi provider use a Matterport 3 to provide um, an, an as-built or a point cloud to be the basis for creating a uh, conceptual or work on the conceptual design? Um, I would say it is risky uh, to work on large spaces because you have absolutely no control over the end product, right? You can follow the best um, workflow. As uh, Richard said, you know, scanning the doorway, scanning from uh, the doorway, behind the doorway, and then right in the doorway. Um, but you are going to be met with different site conditions. You might have surfaces that reflect the LiDAR different or absorb the LiDAR um, uh, different than others. You might have high vegetation um, environments where you have absolutely no control over the registration that is stitching the actual scans together. Maybe the, the, the visual tour looks okay, but if you're providing a, you know, the E57 file as a deliverable, the point cloud that comes off, uh, out of the Matterport 3, you don't know what you're gonna get, right? You need, as a service provider, you need to have a, a tool to validate how good your data is. If you say that on average, you're getting a plus minus an inch and a half accuracy, how can you validate that when you deliver it to, to the client? You should have something like, for instance, like it's a free tool, like um, Auto, uh, Autodesk Recap, at least import it in there, custom sections through it, and see if the scans stitch together well. If they don't, you know how to fix it. Is it fixable? Right? Those are questions that somebody should ask themselves before they deliver something like that to a architect. John? Yeah. John? Yep, sorry. Um, I think uh, that's real important uh, what Sylvie brought up um, because again, you know, you, you need to make sure that whoever you're providing this for uh, has clarity on what the use can be good for and, and things that it isn't good for. Um, and I, you know, I would make sure that you spell that out clearly in your contract you know, what the intent is with it, but also make sure that you have some really good discussions up front um, so that, you know, they know and they don't think they can move forward, you know, beyond that stage or use it for some other purpose that maybe they're not telling you about. So uh, I, I, I believe there's consensus on the visual part that that Matterport Pro 3 camera, great on the visual and anything in terms of visual documentation uh, checks the box. Um, going to the data, uh, uh, Silvio, you, you mentioned the E57 file. So Matterport provides the option of both a Matterport Matter Pack and a Matterport E57 file. Uh, can you talk perhaps about those two deliverables plus versus using a uh, RTC or higher end scanner to generate a E57 file? Is, is that enough? Sure. Um, I can definitely uh, provide you know, insight when it comes to the Pro 3. Maybe uh, you know, Richard can talk about the uh, Pro 2 to see you know, how the E57 compares to the Matterpack uh, deliverable. Um, but in terms of the E57, uh, the E57 is a um, uh, non-proprietary 
file format. And within that file format, uh, you have uh, different layers of information. You have the uh, LiDAR information that the Matterport 3 captures, right? So those are uh, points in space with X, Y, and Z values, uh, as well as you have information about the um, polarization, the uh, red, green, and blue uh, values of each point within a point cloud, right? So the, uh, the Matterport 3 scans and takes photos at the same time. The scanner superimposes the col uh, colors of the images on top of the point cloud that it captures. So within that E57, you get XYZ values of each point within each station, as well as you get uh, coloriz colorization information for those points. And you also get a, um, the, uh, the 360 image that comes from, from, the, um, from the scan, from the Matterport 3. So let me ask my question slightly different. So a Matterport service provider has no idea other mm -hmm. than uh, in Matterport workshop, uh, order E57 file. Yeah. So help us understand when uh, when either of you have probably taken a Matterport E57 file and scanned the identical space with a high-end laser scanner, mm -hmm. uh, please compare that is it, is it, it's, is it slightly off? Is it off by a big amount? Is uh, what's what gives you all this angst when you compare the E fifty seven file from Matterport to a higher end lidar scanner? Well, Dan, when you refer to being off, are you referring to geometrical accuracy? Uh, I don't know. Tell us, you know, me, if we're, yeah. help me understand yeah. what 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 matters. What what are what's the right way to understand the, the data? So it depends if, you know, if you just want to get the uh, 360 imagery, right? And I think, uh, you know, Richard can uh, go into detail how he's using it, um, using a third-party uh, platform, uh, then yeah, you, you get actually better uh, visuals within that E57 than what you get from the RTC 360 camera or something like a ZNF uh, imager, which are the, some of the best scanners for, uh, for uh, colorized scans on the market. But, um, but in terms of uh, geometry, right, the uh, X, Y, Z values for those points, yeah, you cannot even, I mean, you can't, they're not playing, I mean, they're not in the, I mean, the, the price difference between those is like, you know, the RTC is like 15 times more expensive. Okay, awesome. So, so. I, 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 I hear your, I hear everybody's angst about the data. You would never use yeah. a Matterport Pro 3 camera on anything that, that mattered and, and the difference in quoting the project between using what you might say is the right tool versus a Matterport Pro 3 is the difference between night and day. That said, <clears throat> I, I uh, Silvio, I'm hearing you that the point cloud looks pretty that's generated by the, uh, that, that's viewable in the Matterport E57 file. Is there any reason that, that you would use the Matterport E57 color point cloud uh, to do something from a um, architect's perspective, an engineer's perspective, a construction professional's perspective, somebody that's drawing a BIM model, is is the E57 from a Matterport helpful at all? Or nah, it's just. I mean, it is. The word is it D is. Um, but so, if somebody, let's say, I didn't have the option to use any other tool, and somebody gave me a uh, a point cloud generate generated with a Matterport. Uh, three, first thing, me as a 
or us as a company providing as builds, I would just check to make sure that if we have any misalignments between stations. If that's the case, then you know we would have to uh, have a discussion with the clients showing those instances. Station have, means station means like the position of where you know where you place the uh, the camera, right? And you move it around. That's a station. Okay. Um, and uh, but if everything looks okay, even though the data is noisy, somebody that knows how to interpret a point cloud, somebody that understands how buildings go together and assemble a model or draw a uh, drawing, they can put something together that is, again, John you know, has mentioned this, is within a certain level of accuracy and that needs to be stipulated with, you know, on the drawings so the clients understand the limitations. Well, one of the products Matterport offers is a BIM file that is created from a Matterport Pro 3 camera, for that matter, a Pro 2, a Pro 2 Lite, a Pro yes. 1. Uh, this, uh, maybe, I mean... Uh, I, I would question that product. I would definitely, yes, I would definitely question that product. It's I think that confusing. goes back... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Richard. I think that goes back to my statement about John's stuff earlier. Um, a model... Nobody knows what the background information is when they're delivered a model. Um, people create LOD 300 models from hand measures and distos. It doesn't even need to be scanned or photographed. Uh, John, you about three months ago, you rehashed an old BOMA lease area plan your firm had done with the old technology of hand measurements and distos. And you guys went back and laser scanned it with the RTC. Yep. And the difference is, and we're talking using distos and architect's knowledge to the laser scan was astronomical. It was, yeah. The The building was, uh, it wasn't this, it had a lot of weird angles to it. So it, uh, it was not an easy measure by hand. Um, even using best practices, um, you know, we ended up with a CAD file as built that looked really good. Um, you know, we, we uh, published that to our client and that's what uh, was used for many years. Um, it wasn't till quite a few years later, uh, we went back, they had us rescan the space to do some updates. And, uh, and this time we were like, oh yeah, let's overlay our scan data with the uh, the CAD file that we had done many years ago by hand. And we were kind of curious, but also a little nervous to see what it would show. And uh, yeah, sure enough, it was it was off, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, was that with the Pro 3 or that was with a, a high-end? This was with uh, uh, an actual, I think we used a uh, a Faro laser scanner. Okay, so uh -huh. let's let's bring it back to the Matterport Pro Three yep. camera. Is uh, do you have angst that Matterport offers BIM files? I do. Any of the 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 Pro Three, Pro Two, Pro One, BLK three sixty first generation coming soon. BLK three sixty second generation. I mean, I think yeah, it's all using the same underlying data that we have problem with, and. Uh, you know, the, the, the problem is you're going to get this BIM and it's going to look great, you know, and you're going to pull up your Matterport imagery and you're going to go in and look and compare and go, you know, is this modeled right? And it, it probably is going to look a lot like the imagery that you see in your Matterport tour. But 
the measurements that are behind constructing that BIM are still from that not so good point cloud data that the Matterport is going to generate. So, so what 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 I'd help me out because you probably know what what BIM level does does Matterport generate? Is it LOD one hundred? Is it LOD two hundred? Is it LOD three hundred? Or and what point are you nervous? LOD three hundred? LOD two hundred? LOD one hundred? Well, I think you have to understand what LOD is first of all. Um, level of development is the degree to which you create a model, right? So the lower the level, 100, is very, very basic forms. It's more of a massing model. There's not much detail in that. Um, as you go to 200, it's still generic, you know, say wall assemblies. Um, you know, you, you're going to have uh, a certain degree of accuracy with the geometry, and you're not going to be expecting to see a lot of fine detail on those elements. Um, when you get to 300, it, it kind of changes the equation a bit because now, by definition, LOD 300 requires information on the assembly, what's inside the wall. And, uh, you know, whether you're using a Matterport or whether you're using a high end, you know, terrestrial laser scanner. That's a concealed condition. They're not going to capture that information. Oh, totally get it. So, would you feel comfortable if a a Matterport Pro three camera was used to create a BIM file of LOD two hundred or less? I could if if I knew what that purpose it was going to be used for is. I would think purpose for, is still important, very important. Yeah, I wouldn't use yeah. it for construction documents. Yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. And I would maybe for preliminary design or early design. I think yes. we're missing a big differentiation here. LOD, especially in the 100 200s, has no relevance or definition to the accuracy of that model. You could have an LOD 200 model that's out by one foot it's still an LOD 200 model. Yeah. So it's just, there's no reference to accuracy when you're talking LOD 100 and 200. Uh, uh, point taken. Uh, is, is there, before we move on, is there anything else in terms of the Matterport E57 or for that matter, the Matterport Matter Pack or the E57 as it compares to, uh, I'm just trying to find, is there any carve out that a Matterport service provider could feel comfortable regarding delivering an E57, uh, and, and maybe John, that's back to you in terms of uh, what's the intent, is it being used for early design and planning stages and, and not for construction? Yeah, I, I think for the service provider, they just need to be clear on uh, what they're handing over. And if they can you know, find out from their client what their client's needs are, uh, then they can decide, you know, whether or not uh, they can provide what uh, what meets with those needs. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would I would highly recommend that you talk to your clients and ask them a bunch of questions. What do you intend to do with this data? I can give you an LOD 200 model, but what are you intending on doing with that? You know, today and and maybe tomorrow, are you going to give this data to someone else? 
And what are you going to tell them if you give it to them? You know, yeah, because... there's, there's, there's not too much information on the Matterport website. When I go to uh, look at the Matterport BIM file support page, um, the tiny URL wgan.info forward slash mpbim, uh, all it says is use a Matterport Pro 3, Pro 2, Pro 2 Lite, Pro 1, or BLK360 camera. These cameras provide depth required for BIM 3D modeling. So that's not, I think what I'm hearing is that's not sufficient information for a Pro 3 to tell a potential client that, that uh, well, Matterport says you can use this to create a, a Matterport BIM file. That, uh, no. Okay. I mean, you, you can, I mean, you yeah. can, I'm, yeah. Yeah. You're creating so a BIM file. Yeah, you can create, yeah. a, you can create a, a BIM from, from that. I can, I can do it you know, day and night. Um, Silvio made a very important statement in his opening remarks. Um, so E57 being an open format and fully realizing there will be MSPs delivering E57 files for MEP AEC industry. The important part is don't deliver them if you can't even put them into Cloud Compare or Autodesk Recap and do some QA, QC on what you're delivering. If you can't load those E5.7s into a tertiary program such as Recap and Cloud Compare and do some QA, QC on them, you're selling a bullet to a murderer, basically. <laughs> so, so and, and, and again, it's a very interesting thing, uh, you know, ha having gone to, to SPAR 3D going back many years, I, I think what I've sensed is off on the, the left side are photographers that are moving in the direction of scanning, and on the right side are people who do scanning moving in the direction of photographers, and it's kind of like the, the train meeting in the middle of the country, but the those that do the scanning as a professional living uh, perhaps have a hard time with Matterport service providers that have no idea and no understanding of the, the scan data and how to evaluate whether you're giving a bullet to a murderer that makes you feel super uncomfortable. So I'm trying to look for like, what's the, the mid ground that an MSP might feel comfortable? It sounds like the MSP needs to say to the client, look, I, this is this is what I can provide you, but I have no ability to to tell you the level of accuracy of this data uh, only if you do some basic measurements on site and compare it to something. Uh, help me out here. It's like, can you can a Matterport service provider shift this uh, conversation to the client to, to say, hey, uh, you know, Matterport tells me it's plus or minus 20 uh, millimeters at 10 meters, but that's all I know. Uh, Matterport says you can make a, a, a BIM file from this, but that's all I know. This is way beyond my level of expertise. So I, I want to be careful. I don't give you something that your expectation of, of what you'll be able to do with it. Certainly, if you're going to go mm -hmm. do construction, uh, I, I, I think clearly uh, that is frightening. You're, you're making, actually, you made a very good point down here. I think... Uh... A service provider, the way they can package their service is to have a very clear contract what their role is. And they can be, uh, the role can be just, I'm capturing the space using the best methodology for capturing the geometry. I don't know what we're going to get out of it, 
you know, I'm going to hand you the data and you're responsible for, uh, you know, checking it and maybe correcting it if that's what you want. But I am following the best practice and uh, that that is as much as I can I can do, right? I cannot control how well the scans align with each other. I cannot control a lot of a lot of things, right? So, you know, if I were in their shoes and I don't have any surveying experience, I'm not an architect or I'm not a structural engineer, uh, I would be uh, craft my contract in a way that uh, make the client responsible for checking the output. Okay. And in terms of, in terms of the BIM, I would not even go there. Yeah, that is like a dangerous territory for somebody Actually, that is not an architect. Silvio, I'll say this. The price Matterport charges for their BIM files, I can hire RC monkeys to make me a far superior product than the same <laughs> files. No, like, actually, yeah, we God, charge three times more than that. <laughs> yeah, 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 but no, like, I mean, their price for what you're getting is yeah, outrageous. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, absolutely outrageous. Well, maybe where their opportunity is here is there are, there are many companies that operate across the United States that engage Matterport service providers who are using these files to create BIM models and, and do other things, but they are have the expertise to do all the things that you're describing, to put all the limitations on it, with, uh, know what the, uh, the intended use case is, et cetera. So maybe a Matterport service provider is a little bit safer when they're subcontracting work perhaps to uh, a company that is, uh, is, uh, has a licensed architect on staff as sur surveyors on staff has the expertise to make sure that that data is not used for something that it can't be used for uh, without perhaps creating some huge liability for the service provider, creating some huge problem for the uh, end client. Yeah, and uh, Dan, also um, something that I don't think we've uh, no one mentioned here. Um, if we're if we're talking about like nice images and uh, geometry captured at a high speed, right now the service providers might compete with somebody with a mobile scanner. We're not talking about terrestrial. We're talking something in between Matterport and terrestrial that can move at I'll say a tenth of a speed of um, uh, Matterport service provider. Okay. Uh, so in terms of speed, I, I think that kind of leads us to the, the, the next easy question to ask, RJ. Can the Matterport Pro 3 camera be used for weekly construction documentation? I will resort back to the same statement. It's a fantastic photogrammetric visual of your construction progress. Um, it does a great, and Matterport that's why we got Matterport years ago, because laser scanners traditionally only capture an intensity view. Uh, somebody decided they wanted color with that. I don't know why. I still can't understand why. But anyways, we thought scanners take, in that era, it was taking 10 minutes per station location to get images out of a scanner. So it was a huge time burden on the high-end scanners. Um, Matterport filled a real niche there, which is still a valuable niche of the visual, and they're fantastic at it. Um, if Matterport stayed to visual, it's a fantastic tool. I would never question the use visually, and we still deliver 
the color of Matterport for the photogrammetric tour. We don't deliver it on the Matterport platform. I actually write it out in a different platform, but we still deliver the colorization photo tour with the Matterport camera and not with the laser scanner. So uh, maybe to overstate the obvious and, and then ask uh, the rest of our panel here, uh, if the purpose of the weekly construction documentation is, is to measure in any way whether the plumbing, the mechanical, the electrical was placed in the right place, I, I, I'm, I'm maybe speaking for everybody, the answer is no, 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 no. Visual, visual, visual. No, no, I'll for say quantity yes, yes. takeoff, yeah. quantity takeoff, go ahead and use it for yep. quantity takeoff. Yes, they in installed these plumbing ducts. Yes, they installed the gas lines. To state that they were installed within a half inch tolerance, absolutely not. Yeah, you could also use it just for uh, progress. You know, if you're doing pay apps or things like that, and you want to see if what they said was installed is actually installed, that would be a really good use case as well. Um, also for construction progress, I think one component uh, that we're missing here, it is great for visual, but Matterport doesn't have the platform to facilitate um, like construction progress, you know, where, where you have a slider and you're like, I want to see the same room every single, every single week and something like open space or structure site, or you know, there are various, various other tools out there that is built for construction progress. Yeah. There, there uh, is a third party platform, it's called SimLab, SimLab mm -hmm. Stages, and it has a timeline feature and it lets you look side by side. So you can compare it with SimLab Stages laid over the top of Matterport. You can have the BIM model to the left and week one construction to the right, and they'll move simultaneously. You can have week two construction on the left, week three construction on the right. And as you walk through the space, both are moving. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's SimLab stages, a mm -hmm. third-party platform. Um, is there, is, are there other use cases for a, a Matterport service provider that's using a Pro3 camera? I've heard visualization for as-builts, visualization for weekly construction documentation, uh, okay for early design and planning as long as there's tons of asterisks so that it doesn't get used in any other way that, that somebody might rely on the measurements. Other ways, uh, you know, we, we, we started the show talking about benefits and limitations. We talked a lot about limitations. Are there other benefits? I think the Sorry, best I, I, benefit... Everybody's on mute. I can't hear you. Sorry. I think the best benefit is the imagery. Like, honestly, it's imagery is also Matterport's GUI is a fantastic GUI. Their dollhouse is user-friendly. It's fantastic. They have a fantastic hosting platform. They have a fantastic photo camera. If you keep it to that, you have a fantastic mm -hmm. tool to work alongside other proper tools. And it does a great job. Uh, I guess the other uses that I see is not is not necessarily related to the, this particular camera, the Matterport 3 Pro, Pro 3, uh, is more to related to the platform, as uh, Richard mentioned. Um, you have now enhanced capabilities for collaborations, right? So, uh, I mean, I, I love it because I share the tour with my, my clients and, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can create uh, issues, tags in there. 
So, I mean, it's not very sophisticated, but it's something uh, to be mentioned that you can use it for collaboration. And uh, it's not limited to a number of users, right? You share a link and that link can be, uh, can be <laughs> given to anyone. As long as the, uh, you, know, you keep the, the space up, uh, then uh, it's, it's a huge benefit. Yeah, I think I should just add something on top of that, Silva, because um, uh, e even just a couple of weeks ago, we, we had a team from NSPECT, the letter mm -hmm. N-S-P-E-C-T, uh, which is a Matterport partner uh, that sits on top of Matterport for recording inspections, communicating actions, and documenting. It's a super sophisticated uh, collaboration, tagging, marking tool. Uh, we've had a number of shows with some other uh, uh, vendors that do some very interesting things uh, uh, that add value. I think the interesting thing is that Matterport at least has the API. There are partners. That, that can do things uh, as a company called Atos Imaging uh, that sits on top of Matterport that integrates with different facilities management. Uh, I, I'm gonna call them CRM platforms so that it's super easy to document and communicate uh, to facilities managers and all the uh, constituencies. So I think there's, there are a lot of things that, that Matterport maybe is, has some challenges, but there are a lot of Matterport partners that are kind of filling the gap in, in terms of the two things that have come up in terms of side-by-side -side and uh, um, uh, documentation, communication around a Matterport uh, tour. Um, are there other things that kind of shine for when you think of a Matterport Pro 3 camera uh, besides the visual, besides the GUI, besides the, the Matterport showcase? Um, is there anything else specifically in the AEC space that you get excited about? Do you use it for collaboration? Um, sometimes, yeah. Uh, but in terms of the camera, what I love about it, portability. <laughs> yeah. Is that you can you cannot be that. It's just you know you throw it in a in a backpack. You know you have one or two, and yeah, you get so much in that small package. Okay, um, I think I'd like to try and do a little bit of a, a lightning round here because there are some terms that kind of come up in the space. And if you're a Matterport service provider and you're talking with an architect or somebody in the construction space and, and they throw out a term, you're like, oh, deer in the headlights. So uh, I'll throw out a term. Let's see if we can get a, a definition and what that means and wh why that matters. Uh, uh, level of detail. Do we go around or what's uh I'll let John, John go first. Uh, He's John, the expert maybe, on these. John, you, you you helped write the standards or wrote the standards <laughs> and you started the, the nonprofit to, to develop the standards. So uh maybe we start with you and uh if Silva and uh, RJ want to jump in, but uh level of detail. Yeah, level of well, I didn't write the level of detail standard. I worked on the LOA, the level of accuracy standard. Um, but I'm just looking for a definition from the yeah. standpoint of a service provider in layman's terms of when somebody says level of detail or level of development, and both are abbreviated LOD, what, how do they want to respond when they ask what's your level of detail, what's your level of development? 
when you're using your Pro 3 camera. I mean, how much how much information are you going to end up uh, representing with what you capture from your uh, Matterport is, is what it comes down to. Um, you know, are you going to show a low level of detail or development, you know, uh, or are you going to show a lot? And what's great about the Matterport is because the imagery is so good, you can see a lot of detail that you can't see in, say, a traditional 360 camera capture that are really pretty poor quality. So if, uh, if you're going to show a lot of detail and fine information, um, whether it's, you know, from the imagery or whether it's, uh, you know, from a point cloud, I think from the imagery, uh, the Matterport's going to really help you. Does it matter if the scans are closer together or, or not in terms of the level of detail, level of, level of development? I think it matters as far as just making sure you're able to see what you need to see probably more than anything. Okay, so that's just asking the, the, the client the question, do you need to see at a six feet level or two feet level or both? So uh, Dan, I'd like to add that LOD or level of detail does not define uh, what a scanner or a Matterport camera captures. That only defines what is being produced uh, from those mediums, right? So uh, a model can, can have a level of detail, but a scan cannot. Right. Can the Matterport Pro 3 camera have a level of accuracy and LOA? Yes. And so uh, what is the level of accuracy of a Matterport Pro 3 camera? That's a double-edged question. It um, is. <laughs> so in a smallish single room without thresholds in geometry, a Matterport Pro 3, let's say 3,000 square foot and smaller, nice single or double room, very minimal geometric changes. A Matterport Pro 3 is going to do okay. The problem is you have no verification on it. Uh, on a single room, you can do wall-to-wall -wall measurements to verify. When you hit thresholds and changes in geometry, there's no way to verify what you're getting from the Pro 3. So if it's a single room, you can definitely verify and do some distal measurements wall-to-wall, corner-to-corner, -corner, and get some repetition. The minute you start adding in geometry, corridors, thresholds, staircases, because there's no manual interpretation in the way the alignment of a Pro 3 happens, there is no way I can say if I'm giving you an LOA 10 or an LOA 50 model. Well, and, and to tag on to that, um, you know, just because it's a small room, it, it, it still goes back to the intent because let's yeah. say we're doing a window replacement project and you wanna know the opening size. You know, that's that's a very small thing to measure, but, you know, I don't know that I'm going to trust the measurements out of a Matterport scan, even to take a small measure, small relative measurement like that. Actually, our mutual friend, Kevin, he said it the best. Let's put 99% into real terms. 99% accuracy, which Matterport claims, means that a 100-foot wall can be 99 feet or 101 feet. That is 99% accurate. So. Uh, which, which is a lot of, uh, uh, if you were to build, that's a problem. 
So, uh, so, so LOA would typically sound like uh, LOA 10, LOA 20, LOA 30, LOA 40, LOA 50. So I imagine a, a service provider might be asked, uh, can you do LOA 30? And, and it sounds like the answer is stay away from uh, making any commitment in, in, in any way regarding the level of accuracy of a Matterport Pro 3 camera, because now somebody's asking you a question that's probably related to construction, and Pro 3 is not the right tool. Not for an LOA 30. Oh, you no. could scrape an LOA 10 with redundant checks of other measures. And I mean scrape an LOA 10. Would that sound fair, John? Probably, yeah. Yeah, you could probably scrape by an LOA 10 if you had QA, QC verification. Yeah, the uh, Richard, the, the project that I was referring earlier, the 30,000 square foot yeah. historic building, I would say that's an LOA 10, both mm -hmm. relative accuracy. Yeah. So you measure, yeah. uh, you know, a beam or a column, yeah. as well as uh, uh, global, you know, you measure yeah. the overall length of a building. Yeah. And, and also, Silvio, yeah. you are used to scanning and registration. So when you're using a Matterport camera, your stationing and positioning is with the mindset of geometry right. of registrations, right. not with the mindset of the visual tour. And that's from my opening statement. Mm -hmm. An MSP capturing for geometry, it's a completely different scan methodology, capture methodology than capturing for a virtual tour. I, I guess, you know, the way, the way we capture, we capture for both. Yeah. As we know, you know, in order to get, let's, let's assume we're missing some data. We need some data from a room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to get that geometry, that, uh, that point cloud, which is going to capture for both imagery as well as uh, geometry. Yeah. So as you said earlier, uh, you're going to increase the number of setups and you're going to position the scanner strategically to make sure that you have that good overlap between stations. Uh, John, uh, what are intensity values and why does this matter? I mean, in intensity values, uh, generally we're, we're talking about non-colorized data, at least the way I think of it. Um, you know, it's giving you, uh, let's say like a, a point cloud that has no intensity value would just be like a monochromatic point cloud, just black points. Um, intensity is intended to give you a sense of depth to help you understand, uh, you know, seeing depth in something. Whereas uh, without intensity value, it's going to be really difficult. Where to, does the Pro Three fit into that discussion? Doesn't have intensity. No, right? no intensity. No, and which is strange. So. To expand on that topic, intensity, what basically is, um, every surf surface has the ability to reflect or absorb light, right? And uh, the Matterport 3 uh, uses a, a light sensor and uh, it shoots a, a light beam and that beam is being reflected back by a surface. And uh, the sensor records the difference between the uh, in intensity of the light that left the unit and then that came back. And it records a value between zero and one. And uh, you know, if you're scanning a surface that basically has the same property, the values, uh, the intensity values on that surface is going to be close, right? It just uh, differ. Uh, uh, it makes a slight difference uh, based on the angle of incidence. So, um, so you can. 
let, let me just kind of redirect and just ask mm -hmm. if I'm a, if I'm an, a Matterport service provider, if somebody asks me about intensity values, do I want to just say, I'm sorry, that's over my head? Isn't, or yeah, is there not. an actual uh, way that, that they can answer that that would be helpful to their Actually, clients? Dan, I will say there is just no way they can deliver it because even when you use the BLK360 with the Matterport app, E57 files derived from Matterport do not carry the intensity values. Now, if I download that raw BLK data and register it myself in Cyclone, I get all the intensity values. This leads to Matterport uses the LiDAR sensor for photo depth. They derive the point clouds from photogrammetry, not from LiDAR. When we're working with laser scanning and laser scanners, we derive the point cloud from the actual factual LiDAR values and the photo is the secondary aspect. So they flip their purposes. So Richard, is this, sorry, sorry, Dan. Uh, yeah. Can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. Is this applicable to Matterport Pro 2 as well as Pro 3? Because I thought once they switched to the new camera, uh, you're actually getting what you're getting as a raw data is the, uh, the LiDAR data. Because no, I, I saw with the the yeah. first version when they released the uh, the first uh, or you know after a month, mm -hmm. um, they uh, I saw the data and it was like super wavy, something that yeah. you would not get from uh, from a photogra photogrammatic process, yeah. Right? Which I thought was like the you know was just the the sensor. Yeah. No, uh, the E five seven. So when they first released E five sevens about eight month eighteen months ago for purchase they were really weird e57 format but even with the blk360 you do not get intensity released at all it's all just the photo yeah so now you're, the, you're saying that you know with the the blk if you're using just the yeah. blk as a, a tool for capturing the space mm -hmm. uh, when you download the e57 from the matterport platform is the data noisy or is the data clean as you would see it if you register the data in register 360, for instance. It's actually uh, very close to register 360, but it's decreased by about 30% of value, of volume. It okay, thins, so resolution, it, resolution yeah, is. Yeah, it thins and normalizes the product. Okay, that tells me that is actually, as yeah. the, the camera of the BLK is much lower resolution than the Matterport camera. Yeah. And if the data is not noisy, that means the, uh, the values of the uh, those points in the E57 might be actually generated based on the LiDAR. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And like I say, it's really weird because they don't deliver the intensity values, even though the LiDAR is capturing intensity. It's yeah, that might really be a, strange. That it's might a be strange black box. <laughs> and that's, that's the weird thing, I guess, Dan, overall, is we don't know what happens in the black box because we have no interaction with how the data goes together. It's just, here, let's hope it's right when you purchase it. And then the, the only value for intensity, right? Or there are a few things, but one of the, 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 the primary value is that if you're scanning or capturing a dark space, for instance, it just happens that it's, you know, it's not well lit. Um, you can rely on the intensity values to see detail in dark corners. Whereas, you know, if the photo is dark, it's dark. You cannot see anything. Oh, There's another, uh, actually quite a few others. Um, gray piping in mechanical and concrete rooms, or it's concrete on concrete on gray pipe on black pipe. 
intensity values, you see the difference in every surface to differentiate what every aspect is. It's not just all gray. Uh, traffic markings on roads, that reflective paint absolutely differentiates from asphalt, whereas white paint markings in a photo, you can't differentiate. Uh, you go into home construction, plywood compared to OSB board compared to your spruce lumber, they all reflect differently and you can differentiate instantly inside intensity view what each one is. Whereas can, in a photo, they all look brown. You can even uh, differentiate between uh, mold stains that were covered by paint. Yeah. Wet spots, mold stains, yeah. everything. Yeah. Okay, so my, my last super geeky question. Uh, I'm a Matterport service provider and the client says, uh, tell me about your classification and segmentation tools in context to your Matterport E57 file. Do I just roll over and play dead or is there an actual answer for me? There's actual answers it requires. So I've done this. I take the Matterport E57 files and I drag them into like a cyclone. And I can classify and re-register and use other laser scan data to increase the accuracy of the Matterport E57 files. But it's not from the Matterport platform. You need a third-party software to classify the data. And I will say this. Um, we actually, Silvio, you've seen that uh, chiller room pipe data set of mine. Yes. Uh, there's a product out there called Edgewise. It automatically detects and models mechanical components. Uh, Edgewise grabbed about 20% of the pipes from the Matterport data automatically. It grabbed 97% of the mechanical work from the laser scan data. So because of the classification and the noisiness in the data, you get some, but it's not as good as a clean LiDAR point cloud. Richard, would you mind like defining what classification is? Maybe somebody would, you know, is not very familiar with the process. <laughs> well, I'm not the black box magic, but classification <laughs> actually. So you have a preset library of things such as scaffolding, walls, concrete, artifacts. And inside that routine, it analyzes the shape, intensities, colors. If you have colors, if you have intensities, it uses whatever data it has. This is where some like Rigel excels because Rigel will look at all those values and it goes, okay, you're a tree leaf, you're grass, you're concrete, you're a wall, you're a pipe, you're a HVAC conduit. And classification will automatically detect to, let's say, 85% accuracy those objects on import to a program. Is grouping points based yeah. on a, a classification library. Yeah. So is, is if you're a, a Matterport service provider and you're asked about this topic, uh, I, I think my answer would be, I'm so sorry, but this is so over my head. I, I can do, uh, uh, you know, beautiful photography that you can walk through your space and I can provide you an E57 file that's really only good for early design and planning, not for measurement. Uh, is that okay? Uh, is that about where we're ending up here? Yeah, I probably. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not a a topic 
that I would even bring up with a client. Um, uh, be before we say bye, I thought I would just go back to each of you and and say uh, you're you're counseling a Matterport service provider. Uh, they're shoot, they have a Matterport Pro 3 camera. They're trying to figure out how to develop business. Uh, what would you say to them, RJ? I would say you have a fantastic tool to sell for progress via visualization. I would never deliver geometry from it. Uh, you know, even so, I recently did a 6,000 square foot hotel lobby with a Pro 2 and a laser scanner, not a Pro 3. The, the longest dimension inside that open lobby was out by 40 centimeters. I don't know what that is in inches, but it was out by 40 centimeters. That's half a meter almost. So over a foot longitudinally. So depending on the quality of your finishes, like if we're talking marble tile, that foot even to use for rough estimates could be a huge dollar value on a project. Now, if we're talking just gyp rock and carpet, who cares, you know, an extra foot here and there. I, but that would kind of be my premise. If I'm happy to say within a foot, okay, I'm happy within a foot. If we want to talk inches, I would not even risk it. Silvio? Um, I would say if somebody wants to get into uh, or start a business where they can use the, uh, the Matterport as a platform and the Matterport 3 or 2 as a tool, um, and they don't want to do residential because you might be, you know, small box and, you know, small spaces. I would recommend those people to pair with a laser scanning provider. Um, and maybe they can, they can tag along on every single job and they can provide that supplemental data that they is needed for creating drawings, for creating models. I think, uh, that would be a great, great idea to, uh, maybe to take into account. In the case of uh, RC monkeys in Atlanta, mm -hmm. do you ever outsource shooting Matterport on a job while you're using a higher end scanner? Uh, we do not because most of our jobs are not local. We do historic buildings. So it requires travel. Sometimes the, the cost for travel can be uh, higher than the cost for the service. If we were to do uh, jobs locally, yes. But since we're, you know, we're traveling sometimes to remote places, uh, it just, it might take two days to get back and forth and only four hours to capture. So that way we just have our camera in the backpack and we, uh, we capture the space while we're over there. John, you're talking to a Matterport service provider, mm -hmm. got a Pro 3, what do you tell them? I, I would say, you know, if, if you have a sawzall, don't use it for fine carpentry, you know, use, use the appropriate tool for the appropriate job. If, you know, if you're wanting to get into something that maybe is beyond the imagery, the strength of the Matterport, maybe it's time to consider the appropriate tool, something that's a little more suited for what you're trying to get into, but, you know, use it for its strengths find the use cases that it's best at. And then, uh, you know, I like, you know, I like partnering with folks, you know, so if you can find, you know, maybe a laser scanning service provider and like Sylvie, you know, said, you know, if you can work alongside them, uh, that's a great way to learn. 
you know, and uh, you don't have to buy a laser scanner if you want to, if you want to get into that, you can rent one and see, but um, you may find out that the laser scanning provider that doesn't have a Matterport is going to drag you along on jobs and you can earn some business that way too, so. My, my last question, uh, a Matterport service provider has a trusted relationship with a client, but lacks the expertise, do you partner with that service provider? Can they call you and say, hey, I have this trusted relationship. The client has 100 locations in 37 states. They're asking me to do Pro 3. Uh, I think they're planning to use some of this stuff for construction. I, I think I'm way over my head. Uh, do you, are you available to partner with me uh, to work on this potential client? RJ? So what I do in that instance is with people I can trust through meeting for lunch and having a good conversation, up to the level of a BLK 360, I will rent them my BLK 360 and provide the registration of that data hourly. So I'll train them to capture it at site, rent them my BLK 360s. Now, BLK 360 is still not perfect, but fits a much broader niche. Um, so I will rent them that on a day rate and then provide the registration of their data that they capture with my BLK 360 hourly. And I mean, the, the registration software just jumped to $5,700 a year this year. So like, I mean, it's a huge, like I hear Matterport people complain about $5,000 camera. We're paying $5,700 per license per year just for the registration data. So it's a different game and I will rent them. Like I say, a trusted relationship, I will rent the BLK so they can maintain the face relationship with their client. And I'm just in the background. I take my scanner back, register the data and give them the point cloud. Just to follow up on that for, for clarification. So for a Matterport service provider, who is using a Pro 3 or a Pro 2 for that matter, the workflow mm -hmm. of scanning is literally the same using a BLK 360 first-generation camera paired with the Matterport platform. The nuance of what we're talking about, though, is rather than exporting or rather than ordering an E57 file through Matterport, which gives perhaps you a heart attack, you're going to take the, the, the same data and actually register it, align the data your, yourself in order to produce an end product that you have confidence regarding the measurements versus perhaps uh, uh, using a BLK360 with Matterport's version of an E57 yeah. file. Yeah, we're able to add redundancy in what's called closure on the loop. So rather than open-ended measurements from end-to-end, -end, we're able to form closed loops and redundancy in the data to verify it, that it, it closes off on each other. Silvio, a Matterport service provider comes to you and wants to partner because they have a trusted relationship. What do you say? I'll say yes, as long as uh, there's a good fit. And when I say good fit, like... Uh... Uh, we share values and we're aligned on the on the budget and we have the capability of, of actually providing the the value that their client needs. If not, we're always gonna uh, help them and try to point them in the right direction. But usually those are the three metrics that we pick our own clients. Uh, you know, budget, values, and uh, our own competence. 
Is there a, a fourth subset, which is historic? Is that uh, important? Yeah, we yeah we, we usually uh, try to pursue uh, historic work, and you know most of our clients are architects, engineers uh, that work with the uh, National Park Service or entities like the National Park Service. Okay, John, Matterport Service provider comes to you, has a trusted relationship. They're obviously way over their head, but has a huge opportunity. Yeah. Um, again, we we've used uh, partnering as a big part of our business model for many years. Um, for me, you know, a lot of the same things Sylvia said as far as what we would be looking for. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to trust. You know, if they're if they're bringing me in and and uh, helping them with a, a big opportunity with their client, you know, they need to trust me, and and I need to trust them as well. If if we can establish that trust then there's a great opportunity to learn from each other and benefit, you know, from each other and hopefully pass work back and forth both ways. Uh, John, RJ, Sylvia, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Dan. Thank, Thank you so Dan. much, Dan. We've been visiting with North Vancouver, Canada-based 3DLS.XYZ managing partner, Richard RJ Johnson. Uh, the website is the company name, 3DLS.XYZ. We've also been visiting with Tustin, California-based architectural resource consultants, also known by ARC, president and CEO, as well as U.S. Institute of Building Documentation founder and president, John Russo. Uh, the website for... Uh, ARC is arc-corporate.com. And we've been visiting with Atlanta, Georgia-based RC Monkeys director, Silvio Stolian. And RC Monkeys, is uh, website is rcmonkeys.com. For RJ, John, and Silvio, I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. And you've been watching... WGAN Live at 5.